Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Hi, my name is Dr. Nick Smolowski, and I'm a geoholic. Thank you for tuning in for another airborne edition of Bad Elf's 60 Seconds of Spatial News. We at Bad Elf live our lives 60 spatial seconds at a time, and we know you do too. As always, our goal is to cram the most relative spatial news content into the shortest space and time possible. For this week's spatial news, we are discussing updates to the FAA Part 107 Remote Drone Certification. If you are a commercial drone pilot like me, I highly recommend that you look into the recent FAA regulations updates related specifically to flying UAVs over people, operating at night, and changing the recurrent training framework. Specifically, review document citation 86 FR 4314 for more information. Previously, these types of flight missions required special authorization waivers that were incredibly problematic to get, making drone operation very difficult in many situations. Now it appears that these regulations have eased up with a more normalized path to achieving flight approval, which is awesome sauce. Specifically, approval to fly over people has been categorized into four unique categories based on safety and a pre-approved airworthiness certificate. For night flying, up-to-date pilots with appropriate anti-collision lighting systems with a minimum of three statute miles of visibility and an appropriate flash rate can also operate at night. If any of this information piques your interest, I highly recommend doing your due diligence and investigating these rules updates yourself. Remember, responsibility rests with the pilot in command. Okay, that does it for this week's Bad Elf's 60 Seconds of Spatial News. We hope you've enjoyed our selected story of the week. As always, if you have any questions about this news, about Bad Elf's global positioning satellite systems, or any other pressing existential thoughts about the cosmos, please feel free to contact me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channel. Live long and prosper. Just a quick note to express our appreciation for the 2021 Friends of the Program for their continued support. Please consider their products and services as they have special promos for Geoholics listeners. Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, cyanicautomation.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, diamondbacklandsurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, getkidsintosurvey.com, Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com, Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com, Parkland Community College, parkland.edu forward slash land dash surveying, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, and last but not least, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com. Hello, Geoholics. <laughs> Welcome back, and thank you so much for listening to this episode being the three-quarter century mark, number 75. What you got, Shoots? How do we make it this far? It's the Mean Joe Green. Oh, nice. How easy is that one? I mean, good come one. on. Yep. The the iconic Coca-Cola commercial with, you know, you want a Coke, Mean Joe Green? Boom. Throw the jersey. <laughs> Uh, I found out a little bit more about him. He was 1969. He was a first-round pick, number four overall. 
I'm surprised he went that low. I am too, actually. For his career. Yeah. Uh, four-time Super Bowl champion, which is impressive in itself. Ten-time Pro Bowler. NFL Man of the Year in 1979. Uh, ni- North Texas State, where he went to college, retired his number 75. So there we go. Nice. It comes in with that. Uh Class of 1984 College Hall of Fame and 1987 in the NFL Hall of Fame. So it was a no-brainer. You know what's interesting? I actually have a Jack Lambert story I'm going to share, share with you guys a little later. Okay. <laughs> same well, team. That, 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 same was a team. Te- that was a teaser. <laughs> I'll just share it with you guys later. Yeah, yeah it's going to be good. <laughs> so. All right. I would re- be remiss if I failed to wish everyone a happy National Surveyors Week. And as a bonus, Global Surveyors Day is in fact today. hi <laughs> We are back recording from PJ's Beat Lab studio, but only for the time being. And this is for a couple different reasons. First, PJ is moving, so there will no longer be a Beat Lab studio. Second, and I can't wait another minute to make this announcement, we just signed a 12-month lease for dedicated studio space in beautiful Tempe, Arizona. So get this. Our good friend Trent Keenan, everybody knows Trent Keenan, he has secured the naming rights of said studio through... 2021. So (laughs) as of April 1st, we will be recording live and in person from the Diamondback Land Surveying Studio. What do you think about that? Man, oh man, that guy's a brander. Do you think Trent ever thought he would own the naming rights to a studio? (laughs) I can't imagine. First a NASCAR, now a a studio. (laughs) That's what I said. (laughs) So awesome. He's a marketing genius. He is indeed. So I I mean, I'm beside myself with excitement on this one, boys. I mean, this is so huge for us and it it really can't be overstated. So thanks again to Trent Keenan, Diamondback Land Surveying, and the rest of our friends of the program. We literally could not do this without all of you, which again is why, you know, it's in the best interest for every single one of the geoholics listeners to not only patron them but also be sure to let them know that you're a geoholic yes. so let's bring cheers bring the, to the friends the of the program together i like it all right uh pj tell us about that opening number all right guys what you heard there was pink floyd young lust so pink floyd were a english rock band formed in london in 1965 gaining an early following as one of the first British psychedelic groups. They were distinguished for their extended compositions, sonic experimentation, philosophical lyrics, and <laughs> elaborate live shows, and becoming a leading band of the progressive rock genre. Pink Floyd has sold more than 250 million records worldwide, making them one of the best-selling music artists of all time, and they were inducted into the U.S. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996 and the U.K. Music Hall of Fame in 2005. Very good. Very descriptive. Yes, yes so Jake, indeed. Jake knows them well. He doesn't know the Very first thing familiar. <laughs> so I do what, have- what is it with them and the Pink Pig? Is that them? Oh, well, yeah, that's part of Well, I mean, there was the uh, animals okay. CD, and it was, of course, pigs and goats and dogs and sheep and everything like that. So I thought that was like the Beach Boys animal sounds or, <laughs> or pet sounds. Or, yeah, right, right. So, so there was just a whole bunch of animals. It's just, I mean, it's Pink Floyd, the, you know, again, just psychedelic. Okay. Think about psychedelic. Uh, okay. I, I need to take more drugs. Psychedelics. Okay. <laughs> Those are drugs. Two, uh, two real quick Pink Floyd stories of my own. First, the Wall album was one of my was one of my three first albums ever purchased as a kid. The Wall. Did you buy it on vinyl? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You and had then pieces of vinyl. I, yes, indeed. And the other story I have is I actually got kicked out of the theater trying to see the movie The Wall. Because oh, no. I was underage. Oh. Yeah, my two buddies, they were of age to see it. And I got kicked out, of course. So I, they I checked had to go your see ID? They did. Yeah, it was oh, the weirdest thing. Oh, my goodness. Yep. So I was like, I got, 
like I had to go to the theater next door and I watched like, I don't know, The Birdcage or some stupid ass <laughs> movie like that. I don't even know what it was. It was awful. But uh, those are my Pink Floyd stories. Yeah, um, my, my uh, experience with that, with underage going into rated R movies was jackass. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a couple generation gaps there, I think. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right. Our highlighted friend of the program this week is actually Parkland College. A little bit about Parkland College. They have a land surveying associates program. The graduation requirement is 64 semester hours. The land surveying associates program prepares the student either for employment as a survey technician or for transfer to a four-year degree program to become an Illinois professional land surveyor. They also have a land surveying certificate program. Graduation requirement is 24 semester hours. The land surveying certificate program provides approved surveying courses for the student who plans to become a professional land surveyor. And last but not least, they have a land surveying technician certificate. Graduation requirement is 12 semester hours. The Land Surveying Technician Certificate is designed for students currently employed in the surveying industry looking to further their education. Parkland College is currently enrolling for the fall semester, I found out today, for both the Land Surveying Associate's Degree and Land Surveying Certificate, which they also call the Weekend Land Surveying Program, or WLSP. The WLSP is a hybrid course format where much of the work is done online slash off campus, but then about once per month, students come to the campus for the lab and hands-on and the hands-on portion. That way they get the technical background of their own on their own time and can apply it with other students and uh, and the instructors. Anyone interested in either of those should head to the website, which is www.parkland.edu forward slash land surveying or contact Corey Allred at K Allred, that's K-A-L-L, R-E-D at parkland.edu for more information. Whew, that was Ooh. a mouthful. I didn't catch my breath after you that. You got through it. For sure. Um, I guess I'll do the pod word. Okay. All Let's right. hear it. Really, really, really simple. Parkland what? is the pod word for this week. Yep. Hopefully this isn't the case, but if this is the first time you're hearing about the Geoholics Weekly pod word, here's the deal. To qualify for this month's listener prize, it's so simple. Even a caveman could do it. Listen, every week, jot down each episode pod word. At the end of the month, email said pod words to us, and your name will be entered into the drawing for that month's prize. This month's listener prize is a safety apparel safety pack, generously donated by our good friend Matthew Stansberry at Safety Apparel. One more time, the pod word for this episode is... Parkland. Nicely done. By the way, a little secret, there are actually five pod words mm. for the month of March. Wow. Oh uh, it's, a, so, it's a big bonus word. Yep, yep. So don't send us four. <laughs> you will not, you will not be entered <laughs> into the drawer. you are disqualified. <laughs> yeah, yep. There's five, so keep that in mind. Uh, let's catch up with the boys. Lots going on with these guys. Producer Jake, what's up, man? Yeah, a ton going on. I'm going to just keep it real quick. We kind of alluded to it at the beginning, going to be moving. So the Beat Lab is no more. Um, we're going to have the new studio, but we're going to, you know, you guys are always welcome. Beat Lab 2.0. I like we, we can time. set up shop, shop at the new place. But uh, moving into the studio the same day that we're moving into the new house. Mm. So gonna, it's going to be a busy weekend. Um, other than that. A uh, little teaser from last week, follow-up. Had the maiden voyage of the new boat. Went mm, awesome, yeah. dry as a bone. Nice. Not even a drop of water. <laughs> Won a couple races and got out of there. No, oh didn't actually goodness. win, but but fought hard and, and sailed fast. But it was a good weekend. Are you going to have room in the new place for a bubble hockey? No. no. Yeah. That's going to go in Ryan's place. I, I, don't have a, I don't have room for that in my place either. <laughs> I One just, of these days. <laughs> I, I have all the equipment mm-hmm. apparently now, but only for a few more weeks yeah. or a week or yep, two. Another week. But I got to tell you guys, 
It's official. Okay. Coach, coach shoots. Coach shoots. Oh, wow. I was going to make that reference. Yes. I, I I ran that one by the lovely Carrie, and she was like, "No, <laughs> no." When, when, she was like, "What are you gonna, She was like, "What are you going to go by, Coach Ryan, Coach Kelly, Coach shoot, or like Coach period?" And I'm like, "How about Coach shoots?" No, no, that no, one got a, that one got a hard no. Hmm. So, uh, how about a Coach BS? <laughs> I don't really like that one. I'm going to pass on that. What about big coach? Big coach, <laughs> big big coach, big shoots. Uh, it's, that's pretty good. But uh, I had to run the, run the practice with 12, 13. I think only 10 showed up the first time. Wow. But, Uh-oh. Oh Got to have God. some people running laps, oh not goodness. showing up for practice. Oh, my goodness. You guys don't even know. I am so unprepared for this. It, it is comical. Watch a YouTube video. You'll figure it out. Uh, no. I, well, again, the lovely Carrie's like, what are you doing? Because she was a former teacher, and mm. she's like, you got to have a lesson plan. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah, that's not my style. Yeah, you got to have a lesson plan. You do. <laughs> These kids are crazy. So I went and did that. That yesterday and we got it again tomorrow so oh, well i had to tell him coach shoots has a, a prior obligations on tuesday nights yeah mm-hmm. so yep. it was it was interesting but that that was my excitement for the week what about you delphi delph yeah i was just thinking maybe you can get one of those like robot dogs to help you coach yeah have you seen those like i've seen a the bunch of boston my, yeah, yeah Dynam- boston dynamics yeah. yeah not a bad idea huh? yeah, run around maybe we and- could do a live episode from the uh what is it the pitch, the field, what is that? Cact- <laughs> Cactus Yards. Cactus pitch. Yards. It's out there in Gilbert. Oh, my God. All right. For me, I've got another uh, give to get story i got to share with you real Uh-oh. quick. And this is going to tie into the whole Jack Lambert thing. This is, this is so uncanny to me. It's unbelievable. So I stopped at uh, Spoken Wheel. Free plug. Don't get used to it. Yesterday to grab a beer on my way home from work. And I sit by this older gentleman. His name's Art. Okay. So come to find out, he played football at Kent State in the early 70s with Jack Lambert. So he had a lot of, like, he had some great stories. It was, it was pretty amazing. And, of course, he couldn't believe my name was Kent. You know, there's that connection, right. right? And so I guess we hit it off for that reason. So in addition, I noticed he was wearing dog tags. So come to find out, he served in Vietnam. And he's just, like, he's one of those amazing human beings that you feel blessed to have met. You know, it's just one of those type people. It was just a great, great uh, conversation and an unbelievable experience. So I felt compelled to buy him a drink. Right? Well, that turned out to be a bottle of wine which I did before I left. So get this. Last night, the lovely Megan and I are having sandwiches at a local deli. And sure as shit, the owner walks up to us, says thanks for being there, and gives us two free cannolis. There you go. Riddle me that, Coach Shoots. There you go. <laughs> I t- <laughs> Give to get. Hey. Another great example. It's that good karma. I'm telling you, it happens every single freaking time. Hey, it really a, does. A, a karma is real. It is real indeed. Okay, let's move on. Safety pearl, safety share. What do you got for us this week, Shoots? We're going to talk about hard hat safety. Okay. You all right with that? I'm all right with that. Okay. So the Bureau of, Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that head injuries account for 9% of all injuries to laborers. That equates to roughly 252,000 injuries just in the U.S. alone. Wow. And that's yearly. So that's crazy. Each hard hat is specifically... Uh, has a type and a class. The types are ANSI type 1, which hard hats are meet the stringest, stringest? How about, str- how about, stringent, how about stringiest? Stringiest. <laughs> vertical impact and penetration requirements. Stringent. stringent. That one's going to bother me. So I, I, I apologize, right everybody. I can't say the right word now that I've heard you say it wrong. <laughs> type 2 hard hats meet both vertical and lateral impact and penetration requirements and have foam liner 
of expanded polyesterin. Oh my goodness! I should a lot practice. of big words. Why did you pick this? Because hey, I get you got to protect your noggin. Here. Stop saying penetration. Come up with something else. <laughs> you got to protect your noggin. And then there's the three different classes. Class E is electrical class, provides dielectric protection up to twenty thousand volts. Mm. Which, you know, if you're working on power lines, it makes sense. Class G is general class, provides dielectric protection up to 2,200 volts. Bit of a drop off there. Yep. And then there's the class C or conductive class, provides no dielectric protection. Mm. That's probably what you buy at Home Depot for your... Avoid those. Yeah. I'm getting flashbacks to the fire extinguisher with all these different classes. Oh, uh, well, no, no. <laughs> that was no. last week. Hey, that was last week. That was at my house, and I like to keep it safe there, so... No, those those were some big words, but uh, keep your head safe. That's that's at the bottom. That's line a requirement. Of it all. Yeah, yeah. Without your head, you're useless. Yeah, no doubt. No penetration at Schutz's house. No, 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 no stringent penetration. None, happen, none, none happening there. <laughs> all right, let's let's move on before we completely oh go goodness. off the rails. All right, our guest tonight is somebody who I have been looking forward to chatting with for quite some time. His name is Dennis Hollenbeck. A little bit about Dennis. Dennis was born in Fort Worth, Texas and grew up in Southern California, um, pretty much like San Fernando Valley and Orange County areas. <coughs> Excuse me. He said he spent a lot of time at the Shade Tree and Cafe at the local junior college. Not a big fan of attending classes, is my understanding. In his free time, <laughs> he enjoys playing PC games, working on his classic 63 Plymouth, off-road racing, of course, and wine tasting with his wife, the lovely Debbie. He is a missionary director with Real Life Ministries, oversees the home building program for the poor and building infrastructure needs for... I'm going to butcher this, Mi Casa de Esperanza, refuge home for moms and their kids. And he's also the driver on record for H12-1 racing. Career highlights include every time he's able to make a difference in someone's life and building a school for the kids and community at Mi Casa de Esperanza. He and his car, Bochito, which we're going to find out more about here in just a second, were featured in a film, Dust Two, the number two, Glory. If you haven't watched it, you need to. And especially after hearing this show, you're going to want to. So, Dennis, welcome to the Geoholics. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. This is great. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, for sure. We're going to have some fun. Awesome. We're going to have some fun for sure. Um, but we're right going to get into the racing thing and everything that goes along with it here in just a second. But I, for one, know that behind every great man is a great woman. So tell us a little yeah. bit about the lovely Debbie. Oh, the lovely Debbie. Uh, we met... At the young age of 17 at El Toro High School. And uh, met her for a brief moment, and she kind of whisked off. And I went a whole summer wondering what happened to that blonde chick. <laughs> and I'll never forget the one day that she walked by me, getting books out of my locker. And it was like the whole world slowed down. And I just kind of mouthed. And the next thing I know, one day at lunch, she's sitting next to me, and uh, so it just it just all took off from there. Wow! Um, so we got married when we were twenty, so we were really young, and uh, but we thought we were like grown ups, but we couldn't even have a daiquiri on our honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're creeping. Next year will be forty years of marriage. She's been with me for all these crazy adventures. Uh, the last one I see when I take off on the bug and usually the first one I see when I crawl out of the bug That's and, awesome. uh, she's a great deal of support and she's, um, 
two women. She's uh, had a, a little bout happen two weeks ago. She actually suffered a, a mild stroke. Oh my gosh. And, uh, but we found out through some series of blood tests, she's got like this superhuman blood <laughs> and her immune numbers are off the chart. And so she recovered pretty quickly. She still, you know, she kind of mixes up some words sometimes. <laughs> I go, what did you just say? <laughs> and uh, but, but she's doing really good. That's good. And uh, she was actually my co-driver in the 2019 Nora Mexican 1000. Wow. Her first time in the car, and uh, she she loves it. And as as far as in the race world goes, the guys have really learned to respect her. They listen to her. And the biggest, toughest guy on the on the team will tell anybody on the team, don't grab a tool, don't get a part, unless you go over there and you tell her that you need it. And so she has really come to the point where she knows what a she knows what a trailing arm is, a control arm, a spring plate, and she's really a fantastic woman. Wow. So that's yeah. great. That's great. And give her she's a mom to many. Yeah. Yeah. Give yeah. her our best and hopefully uh, she continues we'll to uh, recover. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the early years, like pre Baja, you know, pre Bochito. Okay. Yeah. Um, how, how was your dream of racing in Baja formed? If you could talk about that a little bit. Oh, well, you see, I moved here and down here to Baja, California from Southern California in 95 as a, a missionary working with real life ministries. And, um, you know, I, I was a race fan. I love sitting down watching racing on the TV and NASCAR, IndyCar, all that stuff. And we got down here and we went to go visit some friends. And just so happened it was during the running of the Baja 500. Huh. And they took us down to the local riverbed that ran through town. And I'm standing there with these race cars ripping by me um, just feet away from me. And there's nobody to tell me where I can stand, where I can't stand. Uh, just just me in the middle of this riverbed and these race cars going by. And I was just like, this is, this is, in, this is crazy. This is insane. And uh, it went from being day spectators to being weekend spectators. And just always had that thought in my mind, how can I get involved in this racing scene? Because this is this is just incredible. It's unlike anything I've ever seen in the world, and um, so that's kind of it. Started out just being a spectator, a love of a love of the race, and um, I had a friend of mine, Mario Sandez, inviting me to come along with him and his team, and they raced a, a motorcycle in class forty class, and uh, so that was my first taste of what it is to be like with a team. And having that, you, you've got, you're focused on one thing, getting the bike from point A to point B, point B to point C, and that's it. Nothing else matters and counts. And to me, that was just uh, the logistics behind all of it that was happening. It was just a real high. And it was like, I, I've got to find a way to get into this. And uh, didn't quite exactly know how to do it, but I just had that dream. You know, I want to do this more somehow. And uh Things just kept evolving. So yeah, just I I was just a spectator, just like everybody else after standing in the riverbed. Yeah. So. Well, so was it was it like part of your family culture growing up? Uh, was your was your dad or your mom uh, totally into that type of racing or racing in general? Um, you know, no. Me and my dad, you know, we spent our Sundays either watching football or 
watching rate, uh, not racing, watching the Westerns on Saturday, you know, mm. um, my dad liked racing, but he wasn't a spectator of racing. Um, but one thing that was really cool. My dad did is he would take me to the saga speedway on Saturday nights on the quarter track racing. Mm. And the, back then it was called, you know, the jalopy races and Saugus is there in Southern California. And that's, that's probably one of my greatest memories with my dad is going out to the racetrack and telling him, you know, Hey, it's, you know, that's, this is what I want to be. I want to be a race car driver. And, uh, so, um, then of course, you know, just at home as I grew and had my family, I spent my Sundays just watching racing. So no, not, it's not like I had a dad that was a racer or an uncle or anybody yeah. like that. Um, just, you know, my dad used to get on me about my heavy foot all the time. <laughs> Especially when I'd come to him and say, hey, dad, um, I need a set of tires. And he'd go, yeah. you know, you got to stop putting that heavy foot to work on there. Give me a break here, kid. So oh, That's great. That's great. So, so go ahead. It's no Dennis Hollenbeck Jr., you know, in the sprint car and oh, yeah. NASCAR. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Just Dennis, the old guy. <laughs> so being a, uh, being a devout Christian, obviously your faith plays an important part in everything you do. What role did that play um, in the early part of your journey to, uh, uh, to, you know, to, to ultimately racing in Baja? Well, like I said, I, we moved here. Um, actually, I, I used to work with United Parcel Service. Hmm. And I worked my way up from the ranks to a, a simple unloader to, you know, going to work in a suit and tie in their management program. And uh, it goes, it's a real long story, but there was a, a prompting from somebody about, you know, expanding into the ministry field somehow, some way. And kind of at a young age, I really started having an interest in the, the purpose and what missions is all about. And uh, so in 1995, we were like the Beverly Hillbillies. We loaded up the truck and moved to Ensenada. And it was me, my wife, her two daughters, the dog, uh, all of our belongings. And we moved down here to Mission, down here to Ensenada to work at the mission field, you know, working with various churches in the area. Um, and that's how eventually I got into working alongside, you know, Casa Esperanza. And... And everything that I, I do or I think, you know, we should be doing, there's there's got to be a purpose, a goal behind it. And just not like, you know, hey, we need to obtain, you know, this this price mark. We need to sell this much product. Um, but it's it's kind of there's there's got to be a. Um, you want to see how you're affecting your community mm. and the people around it, uh, helping them out in different ways. And so. Uh, sometimes that means taking six puppies in your house. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, you might hear that yiping. So uh, and that is the big part of it. I mean, is, is what is the purpose? Why am I doing this? You know, what is, what is the, the internal implication of this? How can this help turn a life around from spiraling down to spiraling up? And so that's kind of how we looked at stuff. So, you know, it has a lot to do with how we built the race team when it first started. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a little yeah. bit. So, you know, obviously, the, like the Baja race is different from pretty much all our other forms of racing. Um, let's try to paint a picture of Baja just a little bit. So just kind of in general, I guess, you know, when and where 
does, you know, this, the race or races take place? Um, majority of the, the races we race in Baja take place in Ensenada as far as the start and the finish. Uh, there is one race, the San Felipe 250, which is about three hours east of Ensenada. So it's on the Gulf Coast of Baja, California. Um, so you have the San Felipe 250. And then all the other races start and finish in Ensenada, except for every other, every two years, we make a run all the way down to La Paz in southern Baja, California. So, but they, they pretty much take place, all the activities here in Ensenada. Baja, California. Is it like the same time of year every year? Uh, no, you have a, you have this, like the San Felipe race that takes place in springtime, late spring. Uh, the Baja 500 takes place early summer. Uh, then you have the Baja 400 that takes place in the fall or early fall, I guess you could say. Uh, then you have the granddaddy, the Baja 1000 is Take place in November. That's the big one. Oh well, mm. big race. And are they are these races still happening with COVID, or were, were they canceled in twenty twenty and coming back this year? What's the status? Yeah, you know, twenty 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 was really rough. They they tried to run their four races, uh, you know, postpone a race, postpone a race. Then they say, hey, we're not going to do this race now. Let's just get ready for the next one. Then they postpone that one. And they got down to where they're able to run two races, the Baja 400 and the Baja 1000. And we were only able to participate in the Baja 1000. It's kicked our butt. So, um, but yeah, so 2020 was brutal that way. Uh, now 2021 is looking great. They got the San Felipe race that's taking place this April. And uh, they're back on schedule. Things are looking good. And so excited about that. Very cool. Shoots, would you I want to also mention? Oh, I was going to say, I should also mention they have the Nora race down here, which they do the Mexican 1000. And usually that's a week long race that goes all the way to Cabo San Lucas. Jeez. And that's our next, our next race. Wow. But uh, due to restrictions in Southern Baja, California, uh, we're just doing a big giant loop race here on the Northern end. So I'll take the we'll one down to Cabo. Race. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a, we call it vacation race. It's not as brutal as the Baja races, <laughs> but it, it's it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So awesome. Shoes, would you like to go watch that sometime? Yeah, absolutely. How yeah. do I do that? We'll have a guy's weekend. We'll just, uh, three of us will hop in, uh, yeah. hop in the shoots wagon and head that way. That's fine by want, me. Yeah. We, we, can bring, be, we can bring Hudson. All right. Who wants to, who wants to be the co-driver? Oh, that would be Jake. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, Jake, Jake is the man. responsible one here. <laughs> He's probably the lightest. Does that have anything to do with it? <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Jake, so well, he, I could probably read a map better. Than no, Jake. Hudson could be the co driver. Oh, yeah. He could yeah, do it. He weighs like, what, 50 pounds? Yeah. He'd be perfect. Ooh, I think he's up to like great. 52 pounds. You never even know him. Yeah. Never even yeah. know he's in the car. It, it, I, hey, I've been teaching him from day one to read a map. So, <laughs> perfect. Co- he, he could help. He could help you out. <laughs> uh, right, take him right here. Take a left yeah. here. You're, you're good he to go. He could stay in the car when I had the big yeah. uphill climbs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Co driver's got to get out. Too much weight. <laughs> yeah. He's perfect. not a fan of the uh, the bumps and oh, where, and he's you know, out. Where, he's where, out. Where, where your stomach leaves you. Yeah. He's not a fan. Oh, that, so yeah, he's out. I'm gonna have to rule him out. We're, we'll throw yeah. Jake in. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> well, let's let, see. Jake's light. Jake's light. Yeah. Light yeah. on his feet. Yeah. 
Hey, so let's kind of let's kind of bring this a little bit closer to you personally. You know, I kind of want to get a feeling for what Baja means to you. And um, you know, first of all, tell us tell us about your car and the class that you race in. I know there's a number of classes. Um, talk about the class that you race in and the car that yeah. you that you have. Out of the about forty classes of cars there are to race in, uh, we we went with the beloved class eleven which is a stock sedan class, limited stock sedan class. And um, so it's a, basically you take your Volkswagen that you put around town in, you take it all apart, you clean it up, you reinforce some of your stock parts and uh, go get yourself a race motor built for it, still the 1600cc, and you put it all back together and it looks like a regular bug, pretty much, and you go race this thing. And remember, you're still working with stock suspension. I mean, you've got some upgraded off-road shock absorbers on it, but it's still pretty much stock suspension. Crazy. And, uh, you know, you could still have your stock gear shifter in there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the funniest looking thing when you sit there on, on spectator day and you got these, you know, half million dollar trophy trucks surrounding you and there's this, this little bug that's going to take on the same course as they are so it's, <laughs> it's great i love it <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so i you, dig it you, you mentioned the half million dollar uh trophy trucks i'm just out of curiosity like producer jake he races sailboats right let's say he wanted to jump into racing baja class uh class 11 what kind of money does he need to have up front to uh to do that uh, uh, you could probably get either buy one race ready to build use a used race ready class 11 for maybe about 15 grand, or you could take a, just a, a regular street Volkswagen and, uh, probably put about 20 grand into it and have a race car ready to go. <laughs> Sounds pretty <laughs> comparable. The, the bug is probably racing with the bug is probably just like racing with my little sunfish. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Your yeah, sunfish is the bug yeah. of the lake. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I sense a, uh, a geoholic sponsorship discussion in the near future. Oh, boy. <laughs> we better call Trankeen then. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, you mentioned your passion for helping others. Um, how, how, has, how does that or how has that tied into, uh, you know, you racing Baja? Um, well, when we first started to kind of, you know, think about racing and racing a car, um, you know, I, I noticed that there were a lot of teams that did benefit runs or they ran for a certain cause. And that's where I was at. It's like, well, the only way we're going to do this is if we somehow are able to impact um, somebody else in what we're doing. We've got to be able to serve and make a difference somehow. And, um, and then it just popped in my head. It's like, well, we're, we're working with Mikasa de Esperanza which is a refuge home for women and their children. And I said, there's got to be a way we can take this and use it to their benefit. Um, uh, Off-road racing is such a huge part of the culture here in Ensenada. It's just, it's, it's big. And you find that a lot of people want to help. They want to make a difference, but they just don't know what avenue to make. And to me, this was like um, a way to open the doors for some people get them to the point where they feel comfortable enough to say, Hey, what can I do? And how can I help as you're talking to them about your race car and they see what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I never thought we would get to the point where we'd be building a school. And like I said, that's probably one of my highlights of my life is 
is to stand back now and see the school standing there to know that racing uh, made a, a big part of that possible. Um, so it's, uh, it's great when you, you find and hear of people that want to race with your team um, and they, they know something's different about it, but they just can't put their finger on it until they get here and they keep coming back and coming back and kind of feeding off that trough. And for different people, it's a different thing. Um, not everybody holds the same faith as we do on the race team. And to us, that's okay. We don't make it a condition. We don't say like, you know, okay, do you, you know, yeah. do you, do you live up to all these standards and do you sure. believe this? And we're like, no, do you want to be a part of the team? They're like, yeah, but you know, it's like, Hey, come on board. Let's do it. And, um, see what we can do to also benefit the community as we, as we go about doing this. Um, so we also I'll see other teams that uh, inspire them to do this to do the same thing. Uh, I just ran a guy in the states. He's uh, he's now looking into helping an orphanage in Mexicali, <laughs> and he says it's a lot because of what he saw us doing here in Ensenada. So we hope it spreads like wildfire, and people realize there's more there's more to life than just racing. You know why not touch a life? Why not make a difference while you're doing it? And uh, it's an exciting way to to share your faith and help somebody out. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Our, our good friend Will Wing, he actually, you know, he, he races like in I think some of these Lucas events and stuff mm -hmm. like that locally. Um, I'm not sure about you know if he's raced in anything like Paha or whatever. But anyways, long story short, he's the one that told me about the about the movie Dust to Glory. And mm. af after I watched it, um, I mean, you know, your story immediately jumped out at me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, if I could, you know, have an opportunity to, to talk with Dennis someday, um, that would be amazing. Um, just because I, I love your story and everything that you stand for. And, you know, the the school, you know, it's still touching. And mm -hmm. in the movie, you know, there's there's a couple scenes where the kids from the school are coming out. They're painting their hands. They're putting their handprints oh, onto yeah. the car. And, you know, they, they, they just... That car is like everything to them at that point in time. So talk a little bit about yeah. that. And I know they named the car. If you could uh, share that yeah. story as well, that would be great. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the, the name started to pop out um, in our first race. And it, well, actually, our first race was our very sad race. We went like out of a 1,000 miles, we raced 69 miles. Mm. And uh, transmission broke. You know, I'm like, am I in over my head here? I bite off more than I could actually chew, <laughs> but we get the car back here to our shop and just feeling horrible. You know, these people have just spent all this money, all this time to come down here to race 69 miles and up pulls the suburban <clears throat> from uh, the, the, the Casa Esperanza and opens the door because all these little feet come running around the corner. It's all <laughs> the kids from Casa Esperanza. And I, you could hear them talking, and they're saying it's okay, Bochito. It's okay. We'll get well, next race. And here I'm thinking maybe I should hang it up and just call it good and, and walk away from this. But hearing these kids just talk, talk, and that's how we got his name that night. They started calling him Bochito. Wow. And uh, they're they're petting him like it's okay. We're not done. This is we're gonna go out. We're gonna you know. And what else could I do but get ready for the next race? Yeah. So. That's Bochito. Yeah. And what is so, what is there what does Bochito mean? It, it's just kind of a slang for bug. For bug, okay. Um, yeah, gotcha. yeah. It's actually <laughs> it's actually uh spelled with a V. 
Bochito. Oh, it's Bochito. But, it also, but it's it's just it also sounds like Bochito. Yeah. So when they when they yell it out, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this little bug. Yeah. Man, that's that's gonna make you feel so good. Jeez. Bochito. Oh yeah. 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 And you know the whole handprint thing too. Yeah. Uh, we actually got that idea from a guy by the name of Jim Graham that was racing class eleven for a while, the Desert Dingoes. Yeah. And. Um, um, you know, the kids come out and they get their handprints going on it. And as we do, we, we truly say that this is them mm-hmm. on the race course pushing us along because there's, there's times when you just don't know what to do. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're literally just sitting there like, what am I doing out here? Right. You know, I'm yeah. broke down. This is wrong. That's wrong. The car's upside down. Um, it's late. I'm cold. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I can't talk to anybody. I'm a communications are cut off. What am I doing here? Mm. And then you see the the handprints and it and it it just helps solidify and bring everything back in the circle into perspective. All right. Let's get the car turned over and get back into the race. It's that karma yeah. give to get. There you go. For yeah. sure. Those yeah. kids are given Yeah, exactly so much yeah. without yeah, even knowing. Exactly. Yet. No question. Yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. Who says I tend to be a little crybaby out there sometimes? <laughs> sometimes I could be the biggest whiner. That's <laughs> uh, funny. That's funny. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Team H twelve one. And uh, from yeah. what from what I read, from what I've read, I should say, this is a team of Christian believers, of course. And I want to read Hebrews twelve one. I think this is a, this is a great great passage here. So it, it goes like this: It says, "Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders." and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So I have to believe that's where the name of this team came from. Yeah, exactly. Love that Makes verse. Sense. Love yeah. that verse. Yeah. yeah. Very much a, a verse of perseverance. Perseverance. Uh, the, fact that we, the fact that we do race with a cloud of witnesses around us. Yep. And there's people watching us from every angle. And uh, especially when they find out you, you stand for something, you have a biblical belief or faith, they kind of even look at it with maybe a little bit more intensity because, you know, they want to see integrity. They want to see things done right. And, some, and sometimes in competition, that's really hard to hang on to, you know. Yep. Uh, I'm competing sometimes against other fellow believers. And when there's conflict or things, you don't think things went fair or right, it, you know, how do we handle those situations? So, um, yeah. Sure. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, that race is not unlike life, you know, it's, I mean, it's a great comparison there. It's hard to hold on to in, in life a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. For exactly. sure. So, you know, yeah. If you would just talk about the team a little bit and how it continues to evolve. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's one of the, like I said, you have, you know, people that, that come in and go out. And we have we have guys that have been with the team since day one that aren't with us anymore. And we have guys that have come in that are new. And uh, so it constantly kind of rotates like that. You just kind of see that. And it's, it's, it's a tough pace. It's a tough pace to keep up with uh, in, in this racing world. Uh, also, as far as the finances go, I think sometimes for some it might be just, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it, of course, COVID, you know, played its part. It really kind of shot us in the foot a little bit there. Um, it's, uh, it is a bit of a financial, uh, investment. Um, even with, uh, sponsorships and stuff like that, a lot of you, we get a lot of product support, but not a lot of them say, Hey, we'll, we'll take care of this, take care of that. Sure. Uh, we have GLS spray that helps us with uh, a lot of our races. Mario has been a great blessing to us. Mario Sanchez, GLS spray there in San Diego, had to plug him in. Um, but you know, sometimes that's my question too, because here I am, I turned 60 this month and uh, I start asking myself, how are we going to evolve? You know, because I'm not getting any younger. It's getting a little bit harder to get out of the car race after race. And uh, one thing that I'm looking at as far as my, myself and the team is trying to find a way to ig ignite more activity into um, uh, actually a mission organization called Racers for Christ. And that's where you come kind of as a, a chaplain or call it a missionary to the race community itself and kind of look and see how uh, we can incorporate that into our, into our race team. Um, <clears throat> people have asked the question, you know, if we're going to change or go to a different class of racing, maybe class five, class five, 16, 16. And I always answer, I don't think so. You know, it's probably always going to be class 11 simply because we are the ultimate underdog out there. And these kids at Casa and these moms, they're the complete underdog in this world. There's not a lot of people saying they're going to make it and they can do it. Um, they have some tough situations. So, um, so that, that's a question I ask myself too. How, you know, is, is evolving? How are we going to grow and what are we going to grow into? Um, Sometimes that's a difficult thing to answer. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I totally understand. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, have, if you have like three spots on your team for three boneheads that know nothing about racing, we're your guys. We'll sign up. There you go. I, I am. Well, one day I was, I was, I was in the same, the same thing. I was in the same way, you know, and uh, just, I didn't know, I didn't know anything <laughs> about what we were doing. This is crazy. It's like uh, I look back now, it's like, wait, a championship, you know, we were dust to glory. How did we, how did we get there? Yeah. And it's just, uh, so there's crazy. a lot of people that have come out alongside and helped us and, and shared experiences with us. And like I said, we've had some really tough years of racing, learning, you know, what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. Anytime you guys want to come down for sure, be a part of it. That'd we, be awesome. We could push you out. If you get stuck, we can like push you out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if you need like more gas <laughs> One, two, or something, three. yeah, we can pour gas. <laughs> Jake can carry a gas can with the best of them. We can hold a compass yeah, I, and tell you where to go. You'd have to if, listen to you'd have to listen to Debbie. She'd have to be out there telling you what to do. <laughs> three boneheads and like one expert. We'll yeah, yeah. We can help Debbie. Contest. We can help Debbie like prepare food and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so if you don't mind, share a couple of uh, experiences that led to life lessons learned from racing and serving in the community. Okay. Well, one one life lesson I learned was. Um, our experience would be as we were building this team and getting ready is when our daughter Angie came into play and it was amazing. Sometimes like we took this car and just like totally transformed it. We had to take it apart and rebuild it. So it could op be optimized to do what you 
were hoping it could do, and that's runner off-road race. And I think part of my life lesson is sometimes something has to happen in, within where you have to actually kind of start dismantling who you are and taking some parts of things out and then rebuild with new, better, or reinforced so you can actually do what you were intended to do in life. Mm. I think a lot of times we let things go. Um, we disregard things. We disregard other people and forget that, you know, we can actually make a difference in somebody's life for the good. But sometimes that means you've got to have enough, enough pride, the integrity to kind of take some things apart and look how you can rebuild it. So you're still, you're still looking the same, just like that bug still looks the same, yep. but it can do a whole lot more than, than what it was built to do. And um, I think God has that possibility for everybody. So um, getting under the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, looking, at, looking, in the mirror, <laughs> looking in the mirror and making some adjustments, right? Yeah. For know, sure. And it, and it doesn't matter how many trophies you have hanging in the wall. Um, and SCORE has one trophy they, they, they hand out for the championship series. And it's actually etched on a mirror. And, uh, you know, you've got to be look, able to look into that. It's very interesting. They didn't even realize this. You've got to be able to look in that mirror, that trophy, and look at who's looking back at you. And you've got to ask some hard questions yep. and what it took to obtain that trophy. You know, did you run the fair race? <laughs> did you, you know, Jimmy this or Jimmy that to give yourself that little bit of a illegal advantage that you'd hope nobody noticed? Um, so in life, we could, we could walk around, you know, looking like everything is okay and everything's right. But... You know, sometimes we have to stop and look in the mirror and take a good, hard look at who we are as an individual and ask ourselves, what am I doing to obtain the things that I have? What am I doing to make an influence on other people? So, but, uh, yeah, integrity. And, and it, yeah, yeah. And of course, when, you know, when your life seems upside down, um, you know, we've got some options. Yep. You know, you could, you could do a dentist thing where you just kind of sit there and kind of kick the dirt and say, oh, man, my car tipped over. What am I going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> or you start looking for every possible way to to get the car rolled back over um, and get back on track. When you have all those so, handprints on there, you have to flip that car over. You don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't let those kids down. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I appreciate what you said just there. And, you know, it's, I'm thinking about it. It's like, you know, running like the Baja 1000. I mean, it is like a snapshot of life in general. You know, you're, you're, you're enduring these hardships, the perseverance, everything else, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror, not taking shortcuts. And, again, everything leads back to integrity, of course. But, man, yeah. oh, man, that, that, that's awesome. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's, like uh, you said, it's a snapshot. We, we tell people on the Baja when they come and they race with us, race with us for the first time. Yep said know this that in this race you're going to see the worst of who i am and you're going to see the best of who i am yep and there's a chance i'm going to see the worst of who you are but there's also going to be that opportunity to see the best of who you are and all that's going to be what do we choose to do mm. i have a, a a great a good pastor friend of mine and uh he has a tattoo on his arm it says, live a life um, that demands an explanation. 
live a life that demands an explanation. Mm. And meaning that you, know, you want people to come up to you and say, what are you doing that's enabling you to do this? How are you able to make the difference doing what you do? Yeah. Um, yeah. Live yeah. a life that demands an explanation. Yeah. So. No, wow. That's, that's amazing. I love that. And it, man, I, I just have to, I don't know. I have to think that, you know, that like Baja 1000 or any of the races for that matter. And it's such an unbelievable bonding experience. It's almost, almost like surreal for that matter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's one thing when you're, when you're at the start, especially like the peninsula run, you know, or, or the Baja 1000 in general, when you're sitting at the start line and the wheels haven't even turned one, one full rotation and you're already thinking to yourself, man, we've got, 1200 miles to go <laughs> we're going to be racing for two days you know and it's just it's, it's such an adventure it's, it's just it's, it's hard to put it all into words what it is sure. and what you're experiencing um and people either you know they love it it's either love it or you hate it you know yep i've had guys like you know hey it was great had a great time you know don't call me i'll call you <laughs> <laughs> It's like dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. And it, it is it has literally scared people to like the point where it was like, I, I'm never coming back. I'm not doing this. That's just that was too wild of a ride. Mm. For some of us, it's just the whole it's just uh, an incredible challenge, yep. an incredible adventure. You know, I've so made some great friends doing this. It's a two-day sure. race. That that is impressive. It's crazy to be that yeah. dedicated and get yep. into it, especially with a bug. That's not a comfortable car. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, you, you got your co-driver like right on top of you. <laughs> I got one one code one guy that uh, my co-driver. I'm his co-driver. Um, Kevin Schleck, great friend of mine, has been coming down helping us with uh, home building here for a long time, and uh, we're we're the two old guys on the team, so we're the two grandpas. <laughs> and uh, we've just become so close. I mean, we bicker the whole race. We bicker back and forth to each other. Yeah. But, um, you know, you, can I go back to one of your questions? You were talking about evolving. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, one of the things we're going we're gonna to work on this coming year is uh, spending a little bit more time trying to use the racing to advertise or promote uh, another service that we have down here, the Casitas de Corazon. And that's where we go out into communities with high school kids from the States. And we do small housing projects for the poor down here. And it's always been my dream to get the racing community involved in something like that and let them experience that blessing of really giving back to the community in that way. Cause nothing's better than when you hand over the keys to a family. <laughs> so that's a big mainstream of what we do, but um, we're going to see what we can do to get racing to help promote that, that end of our ministry. So hopefully evolving yep in, into that yeah no that's that's awesome and i think you probably have uh have answered this next question for the last 30 minutes but what kind of what keeps you motivated and what are you uh i don't know i guess what are you most excited about uh moving forward um that's a good question <laughs> um i think there's there's still things i i I want to accomplish in racing. Um, however, like I was saying, you know, you know, creeping up here on 60, it's knocking at my back door. I've got to realize that reality and what that means. Um, 
I think what I'm really excited about is the possibilities for the younger generation of guys that I have racing with me. And it'll be a very difficult day, but yet it'll be a great day when in sense I hand them over the keys and let them run with this. And uh, I get a little taste of it right now. Uh, I'm really proud of the guys that, that uh, work on Bochito. And, you know, we have Armando Salazar down here, a local, uh, Luis Vasquez. Uh, these are young guys that stood on the lines too as, as dreamers. You know, I, I just want to be a race car driver, a race car racer. And they're doing it now. And um, I'm, I'm really hoping that we can build a strong enough foundation for them to carry this on. Um, and maybe I'm the, I'm the guy out there with the, with the headphones communicating with them, just kind of taking care of logistics. Yep. Or maybe I'm sitting here at home watching TV. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it gets very cold out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, just being a mentor, you know, mentoring these young, these young folks that are, are coming up and, you know, have interest in it. You know, that's, yeah. gosh, I mean, there's, you can't put a price tag on the value of, uh, of you taking the time to do that. That's for sure. Yeah. So I, I think that's what I'm most excited about as far as, oh, not as far as, but that, that part of it is, um, you know, I got the guys too that helped me with the construction projects. My son-in-law is a part of this. Uh, he might be running with us in the Nora race. Um, so it's neat to see them come in and get involved in it. And I know there's, there's people out there that, that have dreamed about doing this. I know they're out there yep. and uh, I want to, I like giving that opportunity to people because I hear that too from wives. It's like, Hey, you just, you just fulfilled a lifetime dream of my husband and you don't know what this meant to him to be in that car, yeah. you know, in, involved in this race. That yeah. really has a lot for you. Mm. So, that Baja experience is pretty popular. So powerful. Yeah. 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 It is. I, I do appreciate the fact that I learned Bochito means bug. Yeah, slang for bug. Uh, Small yeah. bug. Slang for bug. Okay. That's so. a cool. I usually say, oh, that's a cool Vocho. Or some Vocho muy chido. That's a cool <laughs> car. <laughs> so you much know. Espanol <laughs> yeah. that I'm learning this evening. Right. Uh, yeah. If you want to say it in English or Spanish, uh, do you have a mantra <laughs> that you live by? Uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, sometimes it could be a little rough. Yeah. Um, but it's lead follower, get out of the way. Yep. You know, there you go. And, great advice. Uh, I'm not always the best at it. There's some things I'm kind of struggling with right now, but uh, <laughs> if you're going to lead, lead, you know, be that leader. If, yep. if you're going to follow, be a dedicated follower, you know, be there to answer the questions and yes, sir. And get on it and do what needs to be done. Um, if, if you realize you're not doing anything, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, we actually had a race. We actually had a race where we had an incident where uh, we were 10 gallons short on fuel. And the guys brought it up to me. Hey, we're, we can't do this plan that you have here. We're going to run out of gas. Mm. And they're like, then looking at me. And one of them just said, you've got to make the decision. You know, you've got to be the leader. And they could all kind of see it all kind of falling apart. And so I did, I had to, you know, make some calls and make some decisions and, and fix the issue and the problem and realize, yeah, I kind of messed up the logistics here, but you know, let's, let's get it fixed. Gotta so, be realistic. Yeah. You gotta, um, so yeah, lead follower, get out of the way. I love it. 
I think my I think my dad used to tell me that when I was a kid. I think my dad still tells me that. He's like, get the hell out of the way. <laughs> no, that's great stuff. I think, yeah, I think that came, a lot of that came from my UPS days. <laughs> yeah, right. For sure. For sure. Well, hey, Dennis, I mean, I, I, I can't thank you enough for being here with us this evening, and I have really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, um, this was great. We've pretty much touched on everything I was hoping we would get to. Um, is there anything that you would like to – add to our conversation that maybe we haven't discussed yet? Um, no, I think you guys did a good part about talking, bringing out the Baja. Um, you know, we are living in some really odd times right now. And, uh, you know, I just hope and pray everybody kind of calms down and, you know, we can get back to regular life living, uh, not be afraid of each other. And, uh, you know, sometimes take that mask off and smile at somebody. Yep. Even if it's from a distance, let them know you're smiling because <laughs> it's hard these days. You don't know if someone's looking at you, if they're smiling or grinning at you or yep. it's, I don't know, it's kind of crazy. Um, I'm just looking forward to kind of getting back out there with the fans racing. Uh, I know the kids at Casa, they're excited. Uh, they just want to get back to their school, you know, and um, get back into their school. So I think everyone could find a way to make a difference in somebody's life. There's got to be some way, you know. Yep. So earlier we were watching Adela back here doing her homework. Yep. You know, there was a time in life when me and my wife thought, this is it, empty nest. <laughs> do it, you know. <laughs> and uh, our kayaks have a, a foot of dust on them. And, uh, but, you know, we look at these two girls here in this home, and one of them is now married, looking to maybe go in the military and, Seeing what Adele is doing with her life, and it's just uh, sometimes giving up what you thought was going to be it, and taking on the challenge, and just go for it. So, like the Baja, yep. So, running these races, yep, and and, and doing it with faith, of course, yeah. yep. Yeah. No doubt about it. I, I thank you for sharing that. I mean, I, I really do appreciate that. And I, you definitely gained three new fans. And if there's something we can do for a future race, I, I mean, I count me in. I, I can there. change a tire. I would love to be a part of that. <laughs> oh guys, I'm, I'm serious. November's the Baja 1000, man. We're scheduling all to. the way to La Paz. Okay. And, and, well, we're, you know, we're in. If you're serious, you if you're serious, we'll talk about this afterwards, but careful what <laughs> yeah. you wish for, because we're yeah. freaking idiots. <laughs> we'll sign up for shit. <laughs> we shouldn't, but we'll do it. Oh, oh, I, I love it. I would love it. Oh, man. Get you guys down here. Wait, That'd be great. It very well oh. could happen. No doubt about it. We're pretty much adventurous. So, uh, and after watching like dust of glory and other videos I've watched on YouTube about Baja, I'm like, man, oh man, I got to be a part of that some way, somehow. So, well, here's, here's your open door. Fantastic. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey Dennis, thank you again so much. Hey, uh, thank you guys. You thank betcha. You. you got anything else you guys want to add? Nope, all, all good. good. Sounds good. Absolutely amazing. Thank you. So, wow, what a uh, what an inspiring show, right? Right. right. Talk about value adding, <laughs> friend making. That's off the charts, right there, boys. <laughs> 
please yeah. be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us and like us on all of our social media outlets, those being Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. By simply searching for The Geoholics, download The Geoholics app from LanceFearsUnited.com. Send us an email at info at if you have any content ideas or would like to be a guest on a future show, or just to say hi. We'd love to hear from you either way. As mentioned previously, please support our awesome friends of the program every chance you get. Be sure to mention that you're a geoholic for the VIP experience. Pay it forward. Add value, make friends. Pink Floyd, Young Lust, available everywhere. Finally, and most importantly, be safe and healthy, everybody. Absolutely. Hello. Once again, thank you to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping, Inc. at ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc. at AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS at Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley at CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation at CyanicAutomation.com, Diamondback Land Surveying at DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey at GetKidsIntoSurvey.com. Land Surveyors United at LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays at MentoringMondays.xyz. Monson Engineering at MonsonEngineering.com. Parkland Community College at Parkland.edu slash LandSurveying. Safety Apparel at SafetyApparel.us. Tiger Supplies at TigerSupplies.com.